All right, welcome into the Sayer Auto Group podcast. Zach Bennett, Chris Sayer, Nick Sayer. Uh, we have a great episode today. We're going to talk about, kind of provide the introduction for what the podcast is going to be, uh, dive into the importance of training, the reason why we're making training such an important focus moving forward, uh, and then also talk a little touch on goal setting as well. That will be here on today's episode. All right, so I guess Chris, Nick, welcome. I'm excited for this and the ones moving forward. How are you guys doing? First podcast, pretty excited. See how it goes. Yeah, we're stoked to be here, man. Pretty solid setup. Um, so I guess the opening question, uh, or I guess why you guys feel this would be beneficial as a group. Um, what allow? Like, what's the importance of being able to spread news or spread training, spread some love, you know, shout outs and different things of that nature. What do you think that does for establishing the culture that we want to have here? Um, yeah, I mean, we were just talking for months about what would be the easiest way to digest training content. And I just started thinking about my own life and, and I generally, you know, listen to podcasts or watch videos on YouTube, pretty much digital media or audio. And so we started thinking about actually producing that ourselves and realize it might be a way to get people more engaged and allow them to watch training and practice or do research or kind of just touch base with where we're going as a dealership group at any time. So we can post these videos or these audio segments and they can look at those anytime they'd like and keep refreshed constantly. Uh, it's, you know, when we did training in person, which we'll still continue to do, but it was just, you know, once a week was kind of the heavy training. And if you weren't there, you'd, you'd miss the opportunity and it's hard to kind of catch up and see what, you know, what's going on and what we need to be working on. So a little bit of yeah. where the thought pattern was. I think one of the, some of the feedback I've heard a lot, I've been here for seven years or so is just, you know, sometimes the lack of training um, in the different areas, specifically with sales though. So, um, I think this is a good opportunity for us to come together and provide our own training content, um, you know, that's specific to the Ron Sayer um, experience that we want it to be. There's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different uh, podcasts and, and, you know, TikTok, social media that have their own trainings and things like that, that you can go to and find stuff sometimes can be a little bit overwhelming. So having our own individualized training process, I think, um, is going to be very valuable to us as a, as a dealership. And we can always, you know, fine tune and critique and, and, uh, you know, change any trainings that we need to, but having something that's specific to us, to our store, I think will bring some, um, something a little bit more personalized to us. Um, and, and like you said, Zach, help create that culture that we, that we want here at our store. So, yeah, I think that that's kind of what the conversation always stems from is how do you, can, how can you personalize it to the processes that we want to have? you know, in store, like on the sell side, on the service side from, you know, BMW to Nissan here, how can we create a cohesive, you know, for the customer so that when they show up at our store, it's like, this is the Sayer experience. This isn't, you know, the Jeep one or the BMW one. It's, it's all kind of a, a one entity and they all perform in the same way from service to sales. And you're just going to get top notch um, customer service, no matter where you go. Uh, so when we when we talk about like training as a whole, like it is something that once people, especially in sales, once they 
been in it long enough. We have some guys who have been selling for a long time. They feel comfortable and they, and they kind of reach a point where they feel like they know what they're doing and they know uh, and they feel good with with where they're at. How can training just continue to elevate? So, you know, even going down to the basics all the way to meet and greet vehicle presentation and, and so so on and so forth, uh, even working on phone skills. What does daily training uh, do for people, no matter if they've been in the industry for a long time? In my, I think it helps keep you sharp. Um, one thing for sure in sales is that it's always changing, you know, just because, you know, you did something a certain way seven years ago doesn't necessarily mean that's the right way to do it now. Yeah. Um, so staying on top of new sales ideas, new skill sets, um, you know, technology, those type of things in the sales settings um, will really benefit to the success of the individual. Um, instead of just relying on, on old old uh, skills that you may have acquired years ago or used that used to be successful. Um, so again, learning new skills within sales, whether that's technology or new ideas, um, you know, will help keep you sharp and help you, you know, to succeed and, uh, you know, stay up to date and, and, uh, and overall succeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Like Chris, like for you, like in the golf side of things, you, have your game pretty down, Pat. Both of you guys do, and relative to almost everybody. How does even though you're showing up, you could you be very consistent someday? How does training help develop like overall consistency for in the tournament or any of those situations? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I I played golf pretty much all my life up to the collegiate level, and that is one thing that I noticed over time as I got to different levels is just the people that were kind of moving forward with me or were even above me had pretty uh, detailed regiments on how they trained. And, you know, there's a lot of complexity to golf. There's a lot of different areas similar to sales. There's a lot of subjects you could touch up on constantly. And the guys that I think did that well and took their training seriously, uh, they really succeeded. And I think really what it does is just makes them feel comfortable on a bigger stage, which would be like a live sales interaction. Yeah. yeah. So if you practice constantly hitting those 10 foot pots, you get up there under pressure and it just feels like you're in the practice arena, just hitting 10 footers. Yeah. Don't you have gimmies on every hole. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's one thing I don't ever take gimmies because it just does me a disservice for tournament play. Cause I, if I haven't made those three footers all week, then I get up on the tournament and I'm nervous, even though it's a small, short putt. Like I, I don't have that good memory bank of making three footers. So I'm like, man, like I, I'm kind of scared, nervous at this point. So I think a lot of it's just repetition, but it's also practicing the right things and doing it to a point where that's your comfort zone is, is executing what your plan is and what you've worked on all week. So that's the approach I've taken with golf and I'm always trying to get better. I've played for 30 plus years and I'm still not a master by any stretch, but, but I've gotten pretty good at this point. And a lot of it is due to just grinding out different practice routines and watching videos and listening to people that know what they're doing. So. Yeah. And I think it, it ties <clears throat> into like, you know, I think all, that's why I think I like athletics a ton is it has a lot of like tie-ins to, to life. 
like you go to an NBA game in the pregame and the guys like Steph Curry will hit a hundred shots in a row when it's just shoot around or like the guy that we follow Cameron Haynes with that bow, he can just stand there, no under pressure, hit three shots in a row from 150 yards with this bow, which is insane. But the whole, you know, the, the saying, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but you, you don't rise to the level of the occasion. You fall to your level of training. And Absolutely. ultimately that's what it all ties into is that you continue going through the same things over and over again so that you just continue to raise your floor. And hopefully that when the bolts are flying and you're in a stress, you know, stressful sales situation or a service situation with a customer and they're yelling at you and you're trying to work through their emotion and, and, and kind of handle the situation appropriately, you've worked on some of these things and you have word tracks that you can fall back to that ultimately puts you in a good position uh, that leave the customer feeling like they were taken care of, that they're on the right vehicle and everything of that nature. So right. I think that, I think that's pinpoint. And, and that's why, um, you know, doing it every day, even though it's like, I, I've done the meet and greet. Well, there's, you know, things you can take from each individual, how Nick would do it, or, you know, some of our sales guys, we would all kind of do it a little bit differently and we can take bits and pieces from each other to kind of, uh, to learn to make it better. So, right. Um, is there any other examples you guys have a training or um, any like sales guys that you've run into that have taken it seriously, that have succeeded, that come to the top of your mind? Because um, the quote that I had that kind of tied into that uh, is from Jocko, where it's don't expect to be motivated every day to get out there and make things happen. You won't be. Don't count on motivation. Count on discipline. So training to me is discipline. Like it is hard every day to go through monotonous processes of working on skills. But if you do, uh, then like I said, you will, you'll reach levels uh, that very few people reach overall. Um, so I guess like tying that into goal setting, how does goal setting kind of push motivation or push you to train every day, even when necessarily you don't want to? Yeah. Um, uh, Nick can probably speak to this as well, but I think if you don't have a target in mind, it really is hard to progress. and going back to sports, like in golf, I, I sign up for about five to 10 tournaments a year, just so that I have something in the future that I need to work towards. And I think at our job, sometimes we, we, we just come to work every day and we just do the activities that we do. And we, we aren't really pushing towards any certain number per se, or certain goal. And it affects our performance. And you know, over the past year, you've worked pretty diligently on setting goals and meeting with guys. And I've definitely seen a shift in their mindset, bringing competition into it uh, with our sales scoreboard and keeping them constantly aware of where they want to be has de has brought most everybody up to another level. And we're just seeking to get uh, beyond that. But just always having that target in mind, it, it just uplifts you and makes you want to do the activities that will get you there. And that's how you reach a goal is doing daily activities, just small and simple things that lead to a bigger accomplishment. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, going back to just examples in my life, you know, I've been going to the gym pretty much for seven years. I've had ups, I've had downs. Um, definitely the ups come from when I have a goal set, you know, I'm pushing myself to, you know, either hit a new personal record on, you know, whatever that lift is, um, obviously, you know, you can't just say, I'm going to wake up, go to the gym and bench 400 pounds today. You know, there, there's, there's steps you got to take <laughs> to get there. Um, there's work that you have to put in, um, and it's tough, you know? So, you know, when you have a goal set in mind and something you want to do, 
it makes waking up for the gym that much easier, you know, to get there, to push towards it. Um, you know, I've had other months, other, you know, sometimes years where I don't have a whole lot of, um, goal set, um, in a gym setting, you know, and, and it, it's much more difficult to wake up. It's just going to the gym, going through the, through the motions and, and, you know, you don't find much success, um, by doing that because you don't know what you're, what you're even, you know, headed there to do or what you're trying to get out of it. So if you don't have a goal in mind, like Chris kind of said, if you're just showing up to work, um, with no, no goals or, or, uh, individual aspirations, you know, you're just going to be going through the motions and, and you're not going to really know if you're successful or not because you don't have anything to gauge yourself off of. Have you guys like, cause I think that quote I've shared is absence of a process is chaos. I've said that a few times, right. but I think absence of a goal can leave your life in chaos as well. I think that can be interchangeable. Um, cause I think you nailed it on the head is when, when you don't have something that you're aiming for, you kind of just wandering around and, and going through the motions, but how have you guys, you've, you've caught yourself in that situation. How have you guys kind of pushed through and, and kind of reestablish yourself back on a path towards like aiming towards something and, and finding like a little, well, maybe a deeper purpose. You've talked about this quite a bit in some of our Saturday trainings is so just take a step back and ask that simple question. Why, why are you doing this? Um, you know? you can apply that to your work setting. You know, if you're having a tough time, find a motivation, you know, take a step back and ask yourself, why, why did I decide to do car sales in the first place? What brought me to the decision to say, yeah, I want to do car sales. This is what I want to do. Um, dive deep into what that why is. And then, uh, you know, re-motivate yourself, set some goals. You know, sometimes a reset's not a bad thing, you know, yeah. to sit back, take a step back, um, ask yourself that set out some, some, uh, you know, goals of uh, what you want to do and uh, maybe look back at what you have accomplished, how you felt when you accomplished, accomplished those things um, and, you know, look for that re-motivation. I think that's key. I think accountability to numbers or statistics is a pretty big deal. I mean, it's obviously in sports it is. It's what the entire ESPN network's based on is player performance. They have every number you've ever done on the field or whatever you play. And, you know, we've probably struggled a little bit more than we should have at, at keeping statistics. But a lot of that is the team actually getting on board to keep their own statistics and look those performance metrics in the mirror. Because everything kind of breaks down to math, especially in sales. If you want to sell 10 cars, you can figure out how many people do I have to up and then how many of those people have to test drive, how many of those people need to write up. And you've got basically an equation. So at the end of the day, you know, like if I'm not getting enough test drives, I can pinpoint that part of my process. Okay, let's train on test drives. Like what is stopping me from getting that person to get in the vehicle and actually drive it? It just helps you narrow down where am I actually struggling? Um, it's great to train, but, you know, if you don't train based on your areas of weakness, you're kind of just training blindly and you might make prog progress, but you're, you're just wasting time because you could have areas pinpointed that are at your actual weaknesses, something you need to strengthen, or you could get better at your strengths even. But if you don't have an awareness and accountability to the performance metrics, then it's, it's a little bit of a blind effort and it probably causes the lack of motivation to continue training every day. Uh, even though you've got a goal set, you don't really know where you're good and where you're bad. So that is important to be accountable to your numbers and track those. And just like the pros in any sport, they know their numbers. They know exactly where they're strong and weak and 
where they need to put forth more effort. So, yeah, Chris, I think exactly what you boil it down to is what I talk about the sales guys all the time, that their goals have to be that acronym of SMART, which is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. Because without like a definite end period, then you can always just kind of procrastinate that overall goal of like, yeah, and I did it a long time. I got out of college football and then my eating habits uh, never changed with my, but my lifting habits died off. And so all of a sudden I had ended up in a place I didn't want to be. And I started to say, well, I'll start get going down the road. I'll start get going down the road and then down the road never came. And it just continually got worse. And that's typically what happens is that saying is you never, you don't, uh, you don't say the same, you get better or get worse in what you're doing every day. And so since I didn't set like a goal of what something I wanted to do, something I wanted to achieve, I could always just kick the can down the road. And so when you're setting those goals, you have your time bound portion of it, but then you have the measurable aspect of it, which allows you to have checkpoints, which then comes with little victories, which then allow you to feel kind of get the ball going. Um, and so knowing your numbers, there's two parts to that one, you, you have to be able to be held accountable, which includes you have to be humble enough to, to want that. Like you want people, you, you know, your manager or whatever, come to you and say, Hey, I, you know, I only saw that you took 10 ups or I only saw that you, you know, took 15 ups and three of them only got on a test drive. Where's this falling through and not become defensive, but rather become, yeah, I've been really struggling in that area. What are some thoughts? And if you're willing to do that, then what you can achieve is just going to be monumental. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> we we always want to create a culture that appreciates like those learning experiences. And as managers, I'm I I feel like from my perspective, I'm never trying to just come down on someone for no reason. Like right. I really want to see you achieve the best that you can be. So if I bring something up, I I'm just trying to help you. Like you know, visualize a different path forward. So yeah, the accountability portion. If you let your ego step in you're going to hate accountability but if you can push your ego to the side you'll realize we have your best interest we we obviously want you to succeed it's our success if you do your job well so we're you know we're just bringing things up you know that we observe or that you observe individually that can bring you to a next level you know it's not a personal or ego related thing or it shouldn't be yeah but absolutely and you got, uh, yeah that? i mean with that accountability and stuff um you also got to be honest with yourself as well. You know, I have had salespeople at times, you know, we'll tell them this is the process that we want you guys to follow when it comes to, you know, documenting and e-leads, you know, test drive, write up, you know, you know, how far they got in, within the process, you know, those types of things. And sometimes sales guys, you know, they'll have somebody walk in and, and uh, they won't get any information and they won't count that as an up, you know, so <laughs> You got to you got to be honest with yourself as yeah. well. You know, myself, the managers, we can't babysit every single customer that you talk to. Um, so if you're not documenting, you know, every up or every opportunity you have, you know, your numbers are going to be skewed, right? They're going to be skewed. And sometimes you do that on purpose to make yourself look better. But in the long run, that doesn't that doesn't help you out, you know, so um, don't be afraid of failure. Sometimes, you know that's where we learn the biggest lessons in life is through failing. So, you know, these processes, these things that we have in place are meant to help improve the skills and, and improve, you know, the performance of every single one of our sales crew here. Um, like Chris said, we don't, we're never intentionally trying to get, you know, mad or on anybody's case. Um, 
our goal is to help you guys get better. So if you're not being honest with yourselves and with us um, and documenting and, and, you know, keeping track of your stats, you know, it's going to be very hard to, uh, you know, ever help um, progress. I think it's funny because uh, it's one of those number one thing of sales. Is if you learn that you are good, like it's kind of human instinct to be self-preserving. So to, to look at yourself in the greatest light possible, like it doesn't matter if it was like door to door that I was in sales guys would be, yeah, I only was able to talk to like, you know, 15 people today. And, you know, I knocked on 150 doors and then you start going through, well, they shut the door really quickly. That one was like a 30 second conversation. So they start yeah. discounting, like just because I didn't get into it with them, I didn't count as a, you know, as a conversation. It's like, well, you talk to them for 30 seconds. There's obviously something that you're not doing. And it's the same with sales, right? Like, you know, you have service customers that are sitting there all the time. And, and even though they're not necessarily there to look at a car, if you go up and start a conversation and work through some different things, that's an opportunity. And if you treat every single person that same way, you'd be amazed at how much progression you can have in, in the sales process. So I think, that's, I think that's the most important part. It's hard to be honest yeah, with ourselves I mean, sometimes. Going back to know? sports, it's like if you're in the middle of a baseball game and the pitcher throws a pitch and you swing and and miss the ball and you're like oh oh that that one didn't count I, I wasn't in the box yet well I wasn't ready you know redo or like it the breakfast ball and golf you know, you know? That, yeah. that's that's not quite that's not reality so you know again just being honest with yourself um, take it serious and you know that's where you're going to see the most um, improvement within yourself and and within your sales pro yeah I mean especially sales at a car dealership you have the opportunity to basically run your own business within the business. So it's difficult sometimes to get people to see that, um, you know, the job has certain preconceived notions, I guess, coming into it or a certain view. And a lot of people will treat it just as a job, but the guys that we've seen succeed and, and uh, that Rick and other guys that have been here a long time have seen in their careers, have actually maintained a good customer pool and written those birthday cards to people and gone the extra mile to the point where half or more of their business is just repeat customers that just come to them and they have a reputation and they say, Zach is my guy. Like, and they'll tell their friends that their family, but it takes a different perspective of the job to get there. I mean, if you just view it as a short term gig and you, you know, you'll just show up and take whatever ups you get in person or on the phone. You can only get to a certain level anyway, because your perspective isn't high enough. So if we can set the right goals and shift to that mentality that we have the opportunity to start our own business within a business via social media, maintain our customer base, practicing every day at these processes, eventually you're kind of independent of us. You can make great money. Uh, use our building and our our name reputation to start your own business. And that's pretty rare. I mean, a lot of nine to fives are just soul sucking jobs that, you know, you're just filling in a little piece of the puzzle every day. And that that's a majority of work, frankly. So this is a unique opportunity. If you can find that perspective, uh, you have the opportunity to make a lot of money and build some cool relationships. And I think that's one thing that's often overlooked. And I think that's kind of a good like segue to kind of the ending there is that, yeah, like selling a car, you know, what you wouldn't put in like the life saving category of, of a profession, but you have an opportunity to be a part of someone's life event that they'll never forget. Like almost every person, unless they have an addiction to buying cars, which we also have those customers too, <laughs> but 
most people always remember the day that they bought such and such card. They remember the experience. And if you do it correctly, you know, hopefully you're a part of four or five of those or even more, just depending on the situation. And that person, if they have such a positive experience, like you've already said, Chris, it'll blossom into the next person that they know at a, at a dinner table. They said, oh, we're looking at those new Jeeps. We saw a commercial for it when the Vikings beat the Cowboys. Uh, you know, we need, to, <laughs> we need to, you know, and they're like, oh, I, I know the guys over there um, that could get you taken care of. So I think that's that's really important. So uh, like like if you want to be a high performer, you got to do what high performers do. And that is challenge yourself, do, do a hard thing every single day. And I think what we can do with this podcast, bring people on. Like you said, there's people in the business been doing it for a really long time get their experience and, and kind of pump out some different opportunities to hear some of these stories. Cause it's hard in sales to always have those conversations because we're always being interrupted by customers, whatever that. So hopefully this can serve as an opportunity to hear from people with all different walks of life who have found a career and a home uh, in the automobile industry. So any closing thought from you guys? Uh, myself, I'm just excited for this uh, next chapter um, for the Sayer auto group. Um, you know, like Chris said, and, and Zach too, you know, we've kind of been looking at, you know, how can we, how can we start doing more training and, uh, you know, get our, our people all on board with the same type of process. You know, there's a lot of different companies that you can hire to come do this type of thing. But I think us doing it internally, like I said, adds that little bit of a personalization to the process. Um, you know, it's real to our market um our customer base that kind of a thing every 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 place is different um so it's hard to you know call a trainer from california to come in and try to you know train us processes that and might work in california like our customers yeah and, so yeah. i'm excited for this um great idea you know by zach to to come together and put this this training in place so um i look forward to the upcoming episodes and i hope that uh, all of our our sales crews excited about it as well and and takes it serious yeah, I feel the same way. I I love the the idea and I think we'll get a better personalized touch and a, a view of the people that work for us as well. I'm excited to hear from the uh, sales manager and you know, really all managers and different sales personnel and shout them out and just hear their stories because at the end of the day, this is what we do every day. Um, you know, and that that thought has come to me many times. As I started working here, I just realized, like, this is most people's life. The, I mean, they're here most of the time. They, they're not home with their family. They're not on vacation. They're at work. So if we can make this a good experience for them and just create some uplifting, fun, but progressive things that will help them better their lives, uh, that's important to me and important to all of us as management team. We, we view it as a serious thing and we... we respect your time and, and know that you're here with a purpose and that we're here to give you the resources to better yourself so we just value all our employees and we hope this brings a, a fun uh, touch and a fun atmosphere to to the training and the culture yeah because number one we get to hear some of rick rick uh waltz's stories <laughs> yeah that's gonna be they're fun. plentiful so <laughs> well thanks everyone for tuning in the uh, to the intro pod 